0: I'm Gene Kansas. You're listening to Sidewalk Radio. We explore the cultural and physical development of life in the modern city through the lens of history and the context of community. Today's show, Atlanta, baby. Brought to you by Perkins and & Will and Hirsch Bedner Associates. On July 14th, my wife Deanna and I celebrated Levi London, Kansas' first birthday to great fanfare lots of smiles, and of course, a smash cake. In honor of birth, origin, identity, and because I'm a proud papa, I thought it'd be fun to do a show about being born. Our guests today are Northside Hospital labor and delivery nurse, Sharon Magruder, and community volunteer, freight train conductor, and friend, Angel Proventude. Before we hear from these folks, let's take a moment and please welcome Mom of the Year, my wife Deanna Kansas. I know who you are clearly. Let's tell everyone who you are.
1: Well, I am Deanna Kansas. I am a mother of one year to Levi. I am a real estate agent with Atlanta Fine Homes, Sotheby's, and supporter of the arts board member of Museum of Design Atlanta, Moda,
0: And a tennis player who can just thrash me.
1: (laughs) That is true. (laughs) So
0: as you know, and I should let people know, you have been a major collaborator and contributor to Sidewalk Radio over the years. Thank you. You've come up with tons of great ideas. And you very directly inspired today's show about birth and origin <laughs> <laughs> in that you are the mother to our son, Levi. So thank you for all of that.
1: <laughs> My pleasure.
0: So given today's topic, I thought we could kind of talk a little bit about, well, you know, before we get to Levi, where you're from.
1: I am from Mississippi, um, a small town called Sinatobia. Many of you have probably not heard of it, but um, it's about 30 miles south of Memphis. And Spent most of my life in Mississippi, went to college there at Millsaps, and then fortunately was able to um, leave Mississippi and leave the country for a little while and spent four years in Europe um, before moving to Atlanta eight years ago.
0: One of our reasons for being here today are adorable Teething. Reps- teething reps, scallion, one, one year old <laughs> Levi. I mean, he's an Atlantan, he was yeah. born at Northside Hospital. July fourteenth, two thousand and fourteen. Atlanta is growing because there are more people moving here, but also with more people moving here, there are more people being born here. Well let's talk about the first moment. Uh, and what was your feeling, that exact moment that Levi was born?
1: Um, relief. Just like I was just scared that I was gonna have to have a c-section or I was just gonna there were gonna be some complications because it was taking so long. So just, relief like I I was I was in another I was another world for a moment there trying to make sure he came out. So, yeah, relief for myself, for him. That and I think I mean he cried, so you know, that's a good sign. Um and just glad it was over. <laughs> so that was the initial thought, but then just pure emotion like joy, love, all of the good things that you're supposed to feel. As much as I could feel at that point, I was just beyond exhausted. So many
2: roads to choose. We start out
3: walking.
0: Northside Hospital has 2,500 physicians and 535 licensed beds in its Atlanta hospital. Over 16,000 babies are born every single year at that hospital, and according to the American Hospital Association, they are the number one hospital in the country for babies delivered as far as volume. Let's welcome our guest, labor and delivery nurse, Sharon Magruder.
3: I am a nurse at Northside Hospital. My name is Sharon Magruder. I've been in nursing for 46 years. Um, I graduated from St. Joe's Infirmary, which used to be have a facility, a school of nursing in downtown Atlanta, which is now the Marriott Marquis. So I graduated um, from that school of nursing and began working at St. Joseph's and then eventually migrated to Northside.
0: We hear all the time, oh, no one's from Atlanta. Yet yeah, Northside delivers more babies than any other hospital in the US, right? That's correct. Can
3: you help us understand that? Well, I think because of all the businesses that have migrated to Atlanta, surely, you know, it's hard to say or find somebody from Atlanta, native Atlanta, and they may have been here 10 years, 15 years. But when I think native Atlanta, I think born here. So also, too, I think because of the businesses that are near Atlanta or in Atlanta and the colleges Uh, you know, our native born then become educated and travel and they follow their jobs to other parts of the world that they need to experience. So our native Atlantans kind of migrate to different places all over the United States also for work to New York, to California, you know, out west. Um, So to find somebody that stays, that was born here and then stays here and works here, it's, it's quite a feat. It's quite interesting. I have three children and they all we're born here, and they all are still here and work here. People love
0: stats. Let's talk some numbers, can okay. we? Okay,
3: so this year we expect 16,000 to be born at Northside Hospital. Um, I've been there when it's been more than that per year. So I always think of that, that we're creating a, a new little town every year, <laughs> if you think about it.
0: 46 years of delivering babies, mm-hmm. you've delivered more than a, a few.
3: More than a few. Um, and I've been asked that so many times because I am an older nurse. In my unit, so I precept and mentor a lot of young nurses who ask me exactly that kind of question How many babies have you seen born? I wish I had kept count because it's an amazing amount that I've seen born.
0: I'll tell you, in our Northside experience, it became very apparent to me when we were at Northside that this is a very egalitarian moment. Everyone is in the same spot and everyone is equal.
3: Everyone is. I mean, everyone deserves the very best care, and that's what they're going to get. Everybody comes from a different walk of life and has certain expectations for what they think their experience should be. So we have to listen and try to prepare for that and make that as easy and accommodating to that certain person's wishes as we can. Because, once again, if you're going to have 500 babies, maybe you get to kind of blow off a few. But you're just going to have maybe one, two, three, four, five babies, maybe... It's the biggest experience in the world. You, it, you know there's no reruns. It has to be good. what
0: in that moment of birth would you know at that at that miracle moment, do you see as the common denominator with all delivering moms? the and miracle,
3: the-, the miracle. um you, when you're laboring people, you know it, it, you know people have their expectations and you know we're dealing with the mother and it's the transition the, the mother and the father watching that transition when that baby comes out the look on those parents face the transition from the two of them to that child to that child is it no matter what their relationship was with one another it it pales for the amount of love that they're now going to shower on this child It's a totally different thing. It's watching human beings love a human being unconditionally. It's amazing.
2: Okay, so we'll do that the greater. My name is Angel Poventude. I am a freight train engineer and conductor for CSX Railroad, which is my day job. And then I probably volunteer or just do things that are city oriented 20 to 30 hours a week. So picking up trash, cutting grass, helping lead bike rides, just, you know, city meetings. I go to a lot of the Beltline meetings, all of the Beltline meetings. So I'm around the city in different neighborhoods pretty regularly. Because you love it? Yeah, it's um, way back 2004. I was affected by a, a development in Midtown where I wasn't paying attention and being a part of the city uh, planning-wise. And so I pretty much vowed that that wouldn't happen anymore. And when the Beltline came up on the radar, I was like, oh, this is something I don't know about. Let me find out what it is. And because it does encompass the whole city and is going to determine how the city develops over the next 100 years, it's really easy for me to be like, I'll go to that and pay attention and... Not only get to meet new neighbors, but also know what's happening all around me.
0: You're involved in neighborhoods and with projects that are revitalizing or offering a rebirth to places in Atlanta that really ha- have seen some dark days. And also because, interestingly, the reason for Atlanta's being and the father of Atlanta is rail. Mm-hmm. And you are quite literally driving the train. Yeah. When you're conducting a train, when you're going through Atlanta, do you see it differently than you do when you're rollerblading or biking or walking? Certainly.
2: So the, I guess I'll break it down because most people get a little confused. Uh, On a freight train, there's two people that are working. The engineer is in charge of the physics, the gas and the brakes, the movement of the train, and the conductor is in charge of the the logistics, the throwing of the switches, the change in the direction of the track, the manifest, talking to the dispatcher. And so there's two of us on every train. The engineer sits on the seat and doesn't leave the seat. And then the conductor gets off the engine and does a lot of work on the ground. Um, but yeah, the, the moment you get on a train, you're behind everything. You're behind the neighborhoods. You're behind the parking decks. You're running alongside the creeks. Um, it's a completely different environment. It's nothing like what happens when you're in a car or a bike or walking. I, I like to say that Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, is a rail creation, whereas the metro area is definitely a car creation. But we've always been rail, and you know we're trying to get back to that, but yeah, we've lost this connection that we've always had that's organic and natural, and we've forced it into a, like a car puzzle but that's the wrong puzzle to be in.
0: So that's the birth kind of of Atlanta Israel, And then with the community work that you're doing is this rebirth of certain neighborhoods. And I know that you've got some that you're particularly fond of. Um, maybe you can share a couple uh, in Atlanta that are close to your heart and what you're personally doing within this.
2: You've got uh, Pittsburgh, Capitol view, Capital View Manor, and Adair Park that all are at the southern terminus of the the new trail. And I ended up buying a home in Adair Park back in October of 2011, uh, specifically because I wanted to be close to the Beltline. And already by 2011, the neighborhoods in Fourth Ward and Midtown and Virginia Highlands were outside of my reach financially.
0: Let's talk about Angel Park, because I thought it was super cool. It's part getting things done. It's part, like... Inspiring others. It's a bit of this um, tactical urbanism. Tell me about it.
2: So, uh, behind the Adair Park neighborhood, between the Beltline and Adair Park, there's some vacant space. And some of it belongs to the Beltline, some of it belongs to an apartment complex that doesn't know that they own it. And uh, if y'all
0: are listening, turn off.
2: (laughs) Once I finished clearing my backyard and rebuilding my house, which took 20 months, I started looking around and seeing where else I could create access. And one of the things I thought about was when people are on the new West Side Trail that's being built, in two years, once it's completed, when they're looking back towards dare Park, what are they going to see? And unfortunately, as it was, was just a bunch of overgrowth because it was land that wasn't being cared for. I took it upon myself to start clearing it to make it accessible. It was funny, one of the kids in the neighborhood at one point came up to me and she said, does the government know what you're doing? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, probably not, but, you know, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> and so I spent two years clearing this space and called it Angel Park just recently because I realized, like, I've put a lot of work into this. And <laughs> it should be Angel Park. But the craziest thing is, this happened, the good news that I mentioned earlier, is my friend Wyatt that's over at Georgia Tech, one of their design studios is has just two days ago chosen Adair Park to be their project to design out for the next 70 hours, you know, two weeks, I think 12 students. So it's kind of like that thing where if you create, I love to talk about creating access. If you create something, then people will come and be a part of it. And so who knows? Beltline might get wind of what we're doing seeing how we're talking about it on the air. I know I've talked to them about the potential for them taking on that space as park space, but here's you know, our local college doing a free um, design for the space just to help us think about what it could be.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the deal too, right? It's like you are showing people that they can, that they can be creative and thoughtful and intentioned, well-intentioned with what they want to do. There's a process that you have to go through, but sometimes it takes bending the rules a little bit to get others to see it. So whether it's,
2: you know, putting wood down over an old bridge to make it safe or clearing brush to create access to some green space, um, you know, for me, it's about being an active member of the community and making sure others have a place to follow.
0: Well, Angel, you're a great friend and a great Atlantan. Keep up the good work. I'm so happy you joined.
2: Uh, I appreciate the time to sit and talk with you. Thank you.
0: I'd like to thank our guests today. Sharon Magruder, and Angel Proventude, and of course, cameo, award-winning, mom of the year, my wife, Deanna Kansas. Thanks also to our sponsors, Perkins and Will and Hirsch Bedner Associates, and to you, our faithful fans. Hope the rest of the summer is fabulous, and we'll see you next month.